0: Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the MPSA Podcast Series. This educational resource has been designed for those in the Managed Print Channel to stay up to date with the industry, current trends, and future directions. Growth through education, one podcast at a time.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the MPSA Podcast. Uh, Today's team members from the Education Committee include myself. Ken Edmonds, Mitchell Philby, Dave Brown, and Aldo Spencieri. We're continuing our series of interviews for new board members. Um, SEMPSA has just had the elections of new board members, and today we're excited to welcome Russell Crominga and Joe Bargainer. Joe is our new vice president as well, to see what they're Role is and view for the MPSA. So with that, I'm going to turn it over to Aldo to uh, start the interview. Yeah, well, Welcome. First of all,
2: welcome to the board and welcome to our podcast. Um, just to give our audience a little bit of a feel of uh, who you are, and, and I'll start with Joe, maybe just give me a background of who you are and what you do for a day job other than volunteering
3: for MPSA. Yeah. No, thanks, Aldo. Uh, well, I got, I've, I've been in this business since 1991, not as a plan, but I somehow got into to the imaging and print business since 1991. So I've been around for a while, like most of you. Uh, my day job today, which I just got off of uh, to get on this call, this podcast, is uh, I work with my uh, Ricoh, Lanier, and Savin dealers around the South, about 15 designated dealers. And I go out and work with them on all things Ricoh, uh, we just left an MPS call actually, which is you know, something near and dear to my heart. Right. And uh, it was with a large distribution company or distribution arm of a large manufacturer. And so it was just interesting that, you know, my day to day job still includes that thing that we've been doing so long called management services, but, uh, all, all other things, which I think we'll touch on later, but, uh, I'm just out in the field, helping, uh, dealer principals and dealer salespeople, uh, be successful helping their clients. All right, thank you.
2: And uh, same question for you, Russell.
0: Okay, Um, as with Joe, I've been in this quite a bit, not quite as long as he has. Um, We've kind of kicked around the same dirt once in a while. Um, I've been in the industry since 2002 uh, in various roles, all for independent dealers of various manufacturers. And my current role as a director of business development for the company I work for now, I help manage and support the seven offices that we have across the state, and helping to manage state contracts helping to manage uh vendor management as far as looking for new revenue opportunities looking for new revenue resources and helping manage a lot of the solution side and the software side of the resources that we provide for our customers and a lot of the training for our sales reps um, i've been involved with uh, management services even before I actually got into a role of this type, and that was uh, when I first started in the industry. We were in an office supply company, so really starting back from the very early days of what MPS was, and and seeing it progress and morph into the processes and uh, the the uh, the reality of what it's become and what it can be in the future.
1: So, thank you. Okay, and and so my question for both of you, and I, again, I'll start with Joe is why did you choose to stand for the role of board director?
3: Well, uh, I, obviously I was around, uh, privileged to be around when the group founded. And I think I was like the last guy out that didn't know there was a group that was doing all this. And so I got in early on as a board of director member back in uh, 2009, whenever we started. And then I had then due to some circumstances, I got to serve as president, I think, a couple of years. And so then, then I had to get back to changing jobs and just life. And, and so I left, you know, stabilized and left it for others like yourself to keep it going. I met many of you back then. And so after a few years, you know, that was just been a while. And, and I changed a lot of jobs and done different things still in the same industry. But I just got to a point where, I'm like, you know, I'm getting a little bored. Uh, I've always been involved in the industry of uh, networking with people, uh, especially with the advent of LinkedIn and, you know, not as many conferences, but just, just staying in sync with colleagues across the country as I meet people and uh I just thought it's time to you know maybe help carry the load a little bit right so I know I know what I know what it means to volunteer for the MPSA I know how hard it is to have people committed like most of you on this committee uh, to keep going and and finding other people to help and I thought you know it's time for me to come back and give a little bit more uh I had thought by now we um you know based on what some of the rust brought me Rust did in ohio i thought well maybe this will be a very 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 mature ma- mature business and we've morphed into the next stage and my last five years in the south have shown me that uh there's a long way to go in certain regions of the country There's are mm-hmm. still customers again i just left a distribution arm of a major global manufacturer and they do not have a complete holistic mps approach So I knew it was time to get back into the saddle and kind of make sure I'm plugged in with all the latest and greatest and where are we so I can go back and help people say there's still room for improvement. And then maybe be part of what the next phase is of what we've always talked about, that management services morphs into uh, other services for clients, you know, rely on documents or workflow and those things. So that's kind of why I got back in. And as I told the committee earlier, if it's only been a month and a half. I'll catch up. I'll get, in, I'll do more. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I did the VP role. So I was like, you know, Hey, we got a great president West. I'll be the vice president. That'll be simple. And then West told me, Hey, welcome aboard. You get to do elections and the awards every year. I'm like, wait a minute. That, that's almost as hard as the education committee. I, didn't, I know. So now I'm glad to be back. Uh, I'm sure, so, I'm sure we'll talk more and then be more, I'll be more engaged with all our resources and our, our audience of members and, and recruit more members you know because there is there is a lot still to teach a lot of people out there about what management services could be for them uh, which just improves businesses and makes life more fun so that's why I got back in yeah
0: okay. that, uh, thank for me you to answer the same, oh sorry yeah, you would uh, for me to answer the same question I have to say uh, it's Joe's fault okay. um, <laughs> I have actually been privileged enough to work with Joe on several occasions across the years and and it was through a conversation I had with him a few months ago that he made the suggestion and asked and I really hadn't thought of it in the past um I kept abreast of all of the developments the things that are going on with MPS over the years and things like that but really even though part of the organization I really hadn't given it a thought uh, about being part of the board until Joe brought it up um really happy that I was uh, that, that I was elected, picked, chosen, or uh, volunteered as the case may be, depending on how it ended up. Um, but one of the things I really want to look at, you know, as being part of the MPSA is that, as Joe mentioned, that MPS still has its basic foundations and what it was when it first started back in, you know, 0809, 2010. And even in that short period of 10 to 12 years that it's been around, the processes have changed, the purposes have changed, and all of the different uh, adjacent technologies that can be tied in with some of these programs, those have continued to develop. And as Joe mentioned as well, is one of the biggest things that I see, especially with independent dealers, is that there is a real lack of an education resource that they have at their fingertips to bring um, bring all of their people up to speed in all parts of the organization about what MPS really can do for an organization, um, for its sales reps, for their revenue, for the way that they operate and the way to grow their business. So um, I'm interested, especially in the education part of seeing of what kind of resources that we can put together as a group to uh, to help provide this and drive the message and get more people involved. so,
2: so as, as um, other than um, Joe dragging you into this, um, you've already talked a little bit about some of the achievements, and, and you both did. So, so let me ask this as an open question to, to either of you. Um, you know, you've got some, um, some goals, some objectives that you want to reach, uh, but is there something really specific that you want to achieve during this term?
0: Uh, I'll go first. Um, as I mentioned, mine is especially an interest in the education piece. One of the things that I found with a lot of the independent dealers that I interact with, and even from a customer standpoint, um, that there's still a lot of misperceptions about what MPS is, what it functions as and how it can help assist the customer. Um, A lot of times what I've seen from from a few smaller dealers, things like that is that they approach it from the standpoint of, yes, it needs to be an additional revenue stream, but if they can't get the message out to their customers about the benefits of what these programs can do for them, then a lot of times these programs, they they fail in these organizations, then they just give up and walk away. Um, As all of us have been involved in sales for some time, if we can't clear a road or clear the pathway to make it a simple process for reps to learn and to invest in the resources it takes, to become knowledgeable about it and then create give transfer that knowledge to our customers, then no matter how well designed the program is to begin with, we're gonna fail to get that out and get it and get it involved. So I'm really interested in the education standpoint to see how we can um, either develop or or really take a look at how our members institute and invest in the education piece to get their organization up to speed.
3: Yeah. And I'll jump in. So I, you know, I had, when I first got in, there was obviously just a necessity as a professional, because I always want to try and have the best practices and not have to reinvent the wheel and share your ideas with others to see, wh- you know, is this working for you? What's a better way to do it today? We do have so many uh, more packages or formats and programs and infrastructure and, and resources to use, uh, in your managed print service, uh practice i used to call it practice right are you going to practice mps well then you have all these different resources at different times but one of the i had two distinct goals when i I got in uh, especially when i got on the board and then became president uh is i I want to see that the mpsa is financially self-sufficient i had the pleasure of meeting john venator back in 1991 or 92 when i was with qms john venator was the founder of what today is called comptia so I met him when he was the ABCD Microcomputer Association out of Lombard, Illinois. And that man achieved something that I would love to see us somehow get to. You know, CompTIA is basically a, is a self-funded trust fund baby where they just, you know, they're, they're key. You can't have a federal contract without being A-plus certified, net plus certified. He positioned that and they've done a tremendous amount. You know, they're the, they're the lobbying uh, arm for the computer industry in the United States. That's what CompTIA does and there's So I'd love to see the MPSA long term or sooner or later be established in such a way that people say, you know what, if you're practicing MPS, if you're you're saying you're doing these things, you ought to have some type of certification behind your name. Now, cool thing, I joined in. I'm like, hey, uh, we're working on this uh, transfer of the, uh, I don't know what we'll call it right now, but the, MPS ba- the MPS certification. It's like, ah, oh, CompTIA kind of said, hey, maybe we work together and give that to you guys. That's what you do. And that was exciting, right? Cause that's one of the baselines I think that gives credibility is that just like imagine you have to be a plus certified or not work network plus certified from CompTIA to do federal contracts. You know, so we've got a lot of copier service techs who are a plus certified and even network sort of certif- network plus through CompTIA because that's a requirement of contracts. Why can't we be part of that? Why can't we elevate our profession says You've got to, you know, you got to earn your stripes. We want to know that you know what you're talking about before you walk Mm -hmm. in and and destroy what we've been building, all of us. So that's one is the self-sufficiency of the organization, which comes, I think, from the certification or the education slash certification that we can provide. And that second one's on path. So uh, I think since you guys work so hard in the education committee and others, you know, I think at some point once it gets settled in, I'll work on how to make the organization financially self-sufficient through means of. Membership and uh, programs that says you know we don't have to worry about money. We have the financial resources to take what we do to market, to facilitate you know resources to others, some for fee, some for free, because as a member, you get these benefits. We've always struggled with what do you get for that membership dollar, right? And, mm-hmm. and it's hard. so so that's kind of still one of my goals is to see that happen, and maybe maybe that'll work out and uh, you know with me putting some blood sweat and tears into it with you guys. But I do appreciate what everybody has done since I did, since I turned it over to Greg Walters, which was, was very fearful for me when uh, we put uh, the leopard in charge. I was like, what was going to happen now? But we're here still. So, you know, we didn't blow it up and things are looking good. And I really appreciate uh, everybody, all the members that are engaged all those years. So.
2: Now, yeah, those are lofty goals, gentlemen. Thank you. We're certainly going to pull for you.
1: And so the next question, this one requires you to get your crystal ball out and look in the future a little bit. But what do you see and where do you see the industry going after this year? Because we've had uh, 2020 was a tough year. This year started off pretty rough. So what do you guys see for the future of the industry?
0: Uh, I'll I'll tackle that one first. Um, It's kind of interesting to me, having been through the industry, and I'm sure a lot of people have seen the same things having come from an organization that at its core was an office supply company, but in its time frame, it had morphed into doing everything from office supplies to uh, computer services and, and managed network services to office furniture to copiers, printers, production print, um, outsource printing, all of those different resources. And the mainstay and the growth of that business was based on being able to be the single source revenue stream for almost every customer that you touched. The goal was to be that person that no matter what the need was for that organization to grow and to operate that they called you first. So it's interesting in the time frame of of, you know the early 2000s when that took place till now what I've seen is the industry kind of split everything apart and put itself into different silos You know, there's the traditional hardware core, there's the printer core, then there's the MPS core, then there's managed network services, and then you have solutions. And a lot of times organizations operate all of these as different silos, when in fact, most of them are all adjacent technologies that all intermingle together at the customer standpoint. So what we've done total wise as an industry is probably spent the last 15 years confusing our customers about who they should be calling or who they should be trusting with the growth and operation of their own business. And what we're seeing now is that all of these adjacent technologies are starting to pull back together and it's elevating the need to have individuals who represent their individual companies in our industry become more knowledgeable about all of these different facets and be able to tie them together. MPS doesn't stand alone in the customer's eyes, and in most organizations, it doesn't stand alone either. So it's how do we prepare and get resources together as an industry that we can elevate the knowledge base of the people that participate so that what the customers are actually looking for, they're getting from us as industry professionals. And I look for more of these combinations to happen in the future. I mean you see some of the larger dealers buying up IT companies. Um, you know, us, we've bought software development companies, we bought IT companies. All of these different resources are now being pulled back together. The way that they were, you know, 20 years ago, and it's actually providing a better resource for customers because they now understand that the person that's going to talk to them about NPS also understands the other facets of their business and can help with those associated technologies. So that's what I see.
3: Okay, man. Uh, let me see if I can tackle that one, (laughs) because I thought I I knew I was going to talk about, but then Russ throws that at me um i the so there's there's you know the future i think it, it somewhat depends on the client right which clients you're working with or what clients you're talking to um you know there's global scope needs that uh, are addressed one way uh, i would say global accounts national accounts it's just re- regional global and national Those you know region could be the western hemisphere right But when you look at that level, national, U.S. national or Australia national and above, uh, I I think what happens along with what Russ is saying is things will continue to transform technology wise, usage of technology, digitization. We know that, right? Cloud. We'd like to talk about cloud versus or on-prem versus off-prem, whatever. You know, where's the technology resides? One thing. But what I think will always be there, I think, and I really hope, I think I know in the statewide geographical SMB, I guess we'd call it, right? Uh, Is that face-to-face or client-to-client last mile engagement. Mm -hmm. Human beings desire to work with human beings. Now, once I'm working with you as the point person, the account manager, the client advisor, all the resources we use may be all kinds of ways. But I'm the one to, to be a consultant to your business. And maybe I'm verticalized. Maybe I'm really good at certain things. Uh, so I stay in my little patch. But the technology and all the resources I might use to help that client in the laundry business, right? You know, or the accounting business and the uh, small law firms or retail. I mean, you just go down the line of, of uh, types of businesses that are providing services. Uh, you could be very specialized. Or you could be very horizontal but management service for me coming if you take where we were and where we're going if i'm engaged with the client and i'm understanding what they're doing to provide services and products to their customers and i can find ways to improve their business operations so they can make more money lower their costs more profit and make their customer experience you know their customers experience better then people are going to come to me as the professional to talk to now what do you call that i you know i, I have reflections back to when I was coming out of MBA school, uh, if you got the good job, you went to work for one of the, the big eight or the big six accounting firms. And what was interesting is they said, okay, you're going to work for Arthur Anderson. Well, what would I be doing? What are you going to be doing programming for two years for Delta airlines? Like, what, well, yeah, cause you're a business consultant. You're going to learn how to transfer what they want to accomplish into software programming. So you can automate and make that consistent and, you know, I was like, okay, I get that. I see what you're saying now. They're an accounting firm. They're a services firm, but they're doing programming to automate the business, right? Now they didn't take in all the other pieces, right? It was a big account. They do one thing. I see every day that there's going to be a need for somebody, some organization at the last mile to take care of clients so they understand why am I doing Office 365? Where's that document going? Do I put it in the cloud? How do I store it? How do I access it? Where do I do content management? Oh, if I need to put an output device in here, Hey, that's no you know which one's the right one, where does it go? And if you're doing that and you're brokering and partnering, you don't have to have it all those resources in-house. wired Okay. And, and and that's always the future. Now I couldn't tell you right now with everything going on what you know, any given specific technology is gonna be the best in five years. I know artificial intelligence is coming on like gangbusters. So we're going to, have to let the, the we're going to let the robots be engaged. You know, robotics, automation, those things that manually maybe are, have liabilities to it. You've got to learn how to how are we going to manage your drone fleet? How are we going to manage your delivery drone fleet? How are we going to check on those the AI computer robots that are walking around that they don't screw up? You know, how do how do we make sure they're better customer service people to serve the meals? You know, it's still going to be the same thing. Right? Somebody's trying to provide service to a client and someone needs to consult with them on how to bring those things together. And I literally in my mind see if you you are a really good MPS provider and understood that client's flow of their documents, you're probably in a good position to say maybe this needs to go down this path because mm-hmm. you're studying that and seeing what's a better way to to serve your clients. And, and if you're as long as you're serving clients, and I, I think more business to business, okay, not the retail side, that's a little more difficult. I can't really talk about it. I think you've got a future of providing services, and then you know the right technology will come along. You'll you'll morph into it, right? How many guys you know started selling cell phones at the mall in a in a booth, thinking that was the way to go? Well, the device is not it. The hardware is not the key. It's the services, and that's why we demanded that service. You know, the Management Services Association. The services side is the key. Managed services around clients. So that's where I see the future. That's still there. Um, that doesn't fit everybody you know that doesn't fit everybody that that wants to do that mps practice so that's where it gets like russ is saying it gets a little confusing because some would say i don't want to do that i just rather go here and play with the robots okay well who's going to manage the robots what's the break fix on a robot when they're 175 pounds how do you get them there how do you get them set up how do you do the programming how do you do the firmware updates how do you know if they're where they're supposed to be i mean think about device dca Hey, if I got a fleet of robot drones out there delivering pizzas, I better have a DCA running to know where they are and they're up to the right code before they run into a tree or something, you know. Um, so I think it, I think it's it's the future is really not that different if you're taking care of the human side of where the world's going. I know that's a crazy answer, but <laughs> it's the best I got. no it was
2: uh, it was an interesting, uh, thought-provoking answer. I learned that from Greg Walters. <laughs>
1: Well, I really appreciate uh, your time, both Joe and Russell. I think we got a lot of good insight into why they want to be involved with the MPSA and goals and things that they want to see happen this year and in the future. So, again, really appreciate their time and uh, the members of the Education Committee and uh, look forward to seeing the impact you're going to have on the on the group overall so thanks again thank you guys thank you and gals
0: to access more great learning content simply visit www.yourmpsa.org podcasts be sure to check out our membership page as well to drive even more innovation and growth for your management practice